0: Welcome to Enforcement and Compliance in Academic Research, a podcast series presented by Choate, Holland, Stewart, discussing the latest trends and other significant developments in related government investigations and regulatory compliance. In our last podcast, we discussed two concepts getting a significant amount of attention in light of recent enforcement actions, foreign components, and other support. NIH regulations require disclosure of and prior approval for a foreign component, which is the performance of a significant scientific element of the NIH-supported project outside of the United States. NIH regulations also require disclosure of other support, which is all additional research funding from any source, including from a foreign source for work to be done in the United States. Christine, what tips do you have for universities, medical centers, and researchers to help them review their federal grant disclosures effectively given the current enforcement climate?
1: Melissa, I'd offer three top-line suggestions, train, review, and then stratify your risk. First, there's a high premium on practical and frequent training to ensure that researchers understand both the rationale behind certain questions and requests made in award applications and the potential consequences of failing to supply complete and accurate information. We understand that many researchers and their home institutions may not have fully appreciated the scope of what they must disclose, or the potential impact of their failure to disclose. Comprehensive training with readily available resources, meaning both people and written policies, will better help those on the ground level understand their disclosure obligations. We also recommend that in addition to basic training, there be follow-up hands-on workshops with researchers and their administrators. With the number of enforcement actions now we believe there will be a significant uptick in the number of researchers willing if not anxious to participate in training institutions should take advantage of that willingness melissa perhaps you can speak to the importance of reviewing and
0: updating award submissions on a regular basis of course it is critical that investigators and their staff review their progress including changes in personnel collaborators or research activities regularly and consider whether those changes require prior approval or supplemental disclosures to funding agencies. An in-person sit-down on even a -a twice-a-year or quarterly basis with a research administrator to identify what has changed, where am I doing the work, with whom am I doing the work, how or with whom is the work going to be published can help avoid problems down the road. Another helpful way to ensure that these reviews are complete is to compare proposed award submissions to internal institutional disclosures and publicly available sources of information about an investigator's activities. This could include a review of the investigator's CV, lab website, news releases, or publication acknowledgments. We are finding that in many instances, foreign ties that were not disclosed in award submissions were publicly disclosed in other forums where inconsistencies are identified, institutions may need to further investigate to ensure that award submissions comply with relevant legal requirements. Finally,
1: we need to talk about risk stratification. Many institutions submit a large number of grant-related documents each year, and they cannot devote unlimited time or resources to reviewing those documents. We strongly recommend that institutions conduct a risk assessment and then appropriately focus on those submissions that pose the greatest legal, financial, intellectual property, and or reputational risk to the organization. This will help calibrate efforts and allocate resources efficiently. Not every potential financial conflict or foreign affiliation creates a material risk, and each institution will have to decide for itself where its risk tolerance sits. As a general matter, we ask institutions to consider several factors when devising a risk management strategy, based on the volume, scope, and the nature of their award portfolios. By way of example, institutions may want to target their highest funded researchers or individual awards that exceed a specific dollar amount. They may want to pay closer attention to those awards requiring an investigator to commit a significant amount of their research effort to a single program. Areas of research known to be a concern from an intellectual property theft perspective may also warrant additional scrutiny, such as areas with significant military, economic, genetics, or public health implications. Obviously, given the current enforcement climate, foreign affiliations matter. The use of visiting scholars or exchange programs may warrant additional safeguards or monitoring. Shipping data and materials overseas needs to be done transparently and properly and programs with ties to specific countries of interest, including China, Russia, and Saudi Arabia, merit close review.
0: With that said, please keep in mind that you must comply with all non-discrimination policies and laws. These issues apply to all foreign affiliations, not just those that are prominent in today's headlines.
1: Thank you for tuning into our podcast, Enforcement and Compliance in Academic Research. That's all the time we have today. For more information about CHOAT and our institutional research compliance and foreign influence practice, please visit www.chote.com. You can also listen to more episodes of Enforcement and Compliance in Academic Research and other CHOTE podcasts in the newsroom of our website and subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Thanks again for tuning in.